0: Bless the Lord, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4 We're going to continue again, maybe finish today Hopefully maybe finish today Old covenant sympathy, new covenant empathy Bless the Lord Hebrews chapter 4 please Verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help time of need let's pray father thank you for your presence thank you for your spirit thank you for your son father we ask you lord to just now settle us in your presence settle our hearts settle our minds and speak to us each and every one to the glory of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, you might say, well, why carry on this series? We had a couple of weeks when I was off, and there were different things. There was While we were doing this series, uh, I felt to change the message two or three times or so. So it seems longer than what it is, but it has uh, been a long series. It's because at the start I said, I want you to get this into you. And even as I've been studying it, it's been helping me. And as I've studied, as we've went along through the weeks, I've been seeing more, adding more, It's blessing me more. And the Lord usually gives the bread uh, and the fish to, the, to the, 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 the disciples and then they give to the people. And that's how God breaks the bread from a, a church uh, assembly aspect. He brings it here, we break it and gives it, we give it then to the people. But why continue on? Because as a as a pastor going around the church, going around families and going into homes, you carry a lot of what is happening and struggles for people and hurts and heartaches and mourning and you, you carry a lot. You see a lot, and even people who are struggling with the issues and uh, people who are fearful of things and there's so much that you hear, you know, you see. And as the Lord is blessing me in this in my life, so I want to bring it that it may bless you. Break the bread and give it to his people. Remember the old covenant, sympathy, and as I said, it's not the best word, but it's the best word I can think of that we can relate to, sympathy. To sympathize means to come alongside, to encourage someone. You know, sympathy card, to encourage at a time of mourning and so on. uh, But the difference is here, God is always there with us. Now notice this, old covenant sympathy, new covenant empathy. Empathy is to walk in another's shoes. In other words, someone who speaks, uh, a believer who comes to help people with alcohol can understand alcohol problems, can speak to an alcoholic about the ravages it does to their body, the things it does to their life, what it does to their families, how it affects their homes, because they have been there. They have climbed that ladder, as it were, and now they're trying to help them up. Same with drugs, same with sickness like cancer. Cancer patients find some sort of solitude and rest and comfort when they speak to others of the same with the same illness. Uh, I can't go and speak to someone, I can tell you what it's like to watch a family member with something like that, but I can't tell you what it's like to have it in my body for as up to date, I have never yet suffered from that. So you understand empathy is to stand in their shoes so you can empathize. I could sympathize to try and encourage, but you could empathize. So whatever you've come through, that's just examples. Whatever you're going through, whatever is looking at you at the minute, and you're fearful of it, you're worried about it, what you need to see, what you need to understand, and what you need to realize is that in that, God is making something out of you. God is fashioning you. He's molding you. God is bringing you. He's brought you into the body of Christ. But he's bringing you in there for a ministry in the body. All these things are for you and I to understand the ministry. And whatever that may be, you could go well, list, the length of your arm as we say, and try and show you all different examples. But you know what you're going through. And you know what you've faced. And you know what the problems are. And you know what the fears are. And you know the anxieties. And you know the stresses. And in that, God is working all things out together for the good. To them that love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose. Now God does not give you sickness. Don't get me wrong here. God is not wanting his people to be sick. Don't get me wrong. But when these things come on us, God works for the better through that. Sometimes when we lose a loved one, we wonder, God, how can you do anything good out of this? And then suddenly we realize where he strengthened us when we come out, what he's shown us as we've went through. He's taught us his presence that is nearer and dearer and closer, maybe through that which we couldn't see experience as we were in it. Because always in the storm, the waves are round about us and we begin to sink when we take our eyes off Christ and on the storm. Sometimes we wonder if we lose a loved one, how do you, how you make something good out of this? And yet we, we hear maybe someone who was at a, a, a funeral service or someone who uh, had watched the mortality of the human frame. Uh, he, he, they see that there's a length of days and at that length of days they may, uh, they may not have been ready if it should be them. But they get themselves ready, they yield themselves to Christ, they no longer walk in a coldness of heart. Maybe it's warned them, it's given them some strength and passion to to follow after him again if they've been a believer and have backslidden. Maybe they've been caught up with the things of the world and they get an idea of the pleasures which have drawn them away and the privileges which God has blessed them with have actually pulled them away, allowed them to pull them away from him, from God, from Christ. And they realize the value of those things are temporal and not eternal. The value of those things are not which we should be chasing after, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Where we realize that, you know, maybe I have got it wrong in this life. I can't take that riches with me. I can't take that job with me. I can't take that massive house with me. I can't take all my sports cars with me. I can't take my airplane with me. Or I can't take that promotion with me. I can't take it with me. But one thing I can take is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And facing the valley of the shadow of death, it's then we realize, Lord, I should have been more obedient to your word. So God can work all things out where people get saved sometimes of things. That's just an example. And why would I want to bring this for so many weeks? Out? As going around, the many times people who are believers and love the Lord and they've went cold or they've drifted away and suddenly they feel the Lord would never maybe accept me back or the Lord wouldn't have me in his presence or I don't feel uh, capable or copable to be able to go into his presence because who, who am I after all? I haven't prayed. I haven't spoken to the Lord in weeks or months or whatever. I've sinned and failed and failed and let the Lord down and there's no recovery for me. All different manner of situations and stories that you hear. So the reason that we're on this for so long is that you will hear, you will know, you will take from this, you will carry it home that not just as we uh, are in our assembly uh, singing praises on the God this morning and the spirit's moving in our midst and you sense the blessing and you know that he's there and but that even no matter how little or how great our temptation or trial or trouble or tribulation is, we know that we have the rock within us. We have the Word of God. And no matter where you are and what situation you find yourself in and no what place you open your eyes at, you will find that He is there and He loves you. He's there for you. That's the idea to get this into you. Who is this wonderful Saviour? Who is this blessed Redeemer? Who is this gracious God? Who is this great High Priest that we have? The man in the glory who stands interceding on our behalf for us. Who is He? We know that He is the Lord Jesus Christ because Hebrews chapter 4 tells us. Look at, look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. Seeing then we have a great High Priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, and seeing we have him, what does it say? Let us hold fast our profession. Hold tight in the trouble. Hold tight in the trial. Hold tight when you're mourning. Hold tight when you're sick. Hold tight when you're weary. Hold tight when you're worried. Hold tight for Christ knoweth all about you. The old hymn writer said, Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. When your friends forsake you, and when your mother and your father pass away and leave you, then the Lord will take you up. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's promised to be with you always, even to the end of the age or the world. Now, notice this. Notice what it says here. That he is Jesus, the Son of God, passed into the heavens. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 says this. Wherefore, in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Notice it behoved him. that I've, I've showed you that in one of the weeks of studies. The word behoved, uh, the word gives the idea of, um, of, of what, doing that which is absolutely necessary. Knowing the necessity of the situation. Knowing the necessity uh, 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 that the Lord says, unless I become flesh, unless I come as a saviour, unless I come as their redeemer, unless I bleed and die and pay their penalty, unless I shed my blood, unless I go to the tomb and rise again, unless I do it all in human body, unless it's me, they have no hope. That is what was necessary for our redemption. That was what was necessary for our salvation. And men are trying to to work their way and pay their way. Even someone broken glass, hand and foot and up stone steps try to peel their own way. There's no other way because Jesus has paid it all. So he, we have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was no points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He was tempted like an ordinary man is tempted. But yet he never succumbed to the temptation. I want to read some scriptures to you. And I'm just going to read them out that in order we can move on to the next part of this that I want to bring to you. In Hebrews 2 and verse 16, just before the last verse, it says, For verily he, the Lord Jesus, took not on him the nature of angels... But he took on him the seed of Abraham. So here we have Almighty God, and here we have a very man, the God-man. Okay, let's keep that in mind. Let me just read some scriptures of God. As God, remember, as God, he knows me. As God, he knows you. As God, he knows all about you, every single thing about you, whether good or bad, everything. Everything. We tell children it, but as God, he knows you. But as a man, he understands me. As a man, he understands you. In other words, here comes the empathy in the new covenant when the word of God is made flesh and dwelt among us. Here it is when he tasted of our, 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 our human realm. Hebrews 4.13 says, neither... Is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight? But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Here's God who sees and knows everything. Like looking through a pane of glass, God knows your mind, your will, your heart. Knows everything. Listen to what he says in Jeremiah 2 Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I knew you, Jeremiah, before you were even formed in the belly. How does that happen? Only God knows someone. Only God knows something before they're born or before it happens. And greater still, he said to Jeremiah, And I already have ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Wow. In my mind, Jeremiah, I know all about you. Notice this. First John 3 and 20, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. Listen to this one, John chapter 21 and verse 17. Peter proclaimed to Jesus, Lord, thou knowest all things. Psalm 139 verses 1, 2 and 3, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compasseth my path, my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. Listen to verse 4. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. In other words, Lord, you know even words before I speak them. You know everything I say. You know the, the good I say. You know the bad I say. And you even know my heart before I know it. How much does God know you this morning? You see, as God, Jesus, the man in the glory, standing in the presence of the Father. He is praying for us, interceding for us. Listen to Matthew, chapter 6, verse 8. For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. What do you need? I don't mean I, what is your greed? What do you need? He is Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord my provider, not Jehovah-Jireh. Sign the empty check, Lord. He provides our need. Notice this. Luke 16 and 15. God knoweth your hearts. What does God know as you're sitting there this morning? What does he read? Notice this. Psalm 94 and 11. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man. One old Puritan once said if the Lord were to show all the sins of man upon his forehead or the thoughts of his sins upon his forehead it would make him put his cap down over his head that you couldn't see it. What are the thoughts of man this morning? God knows our thoughts. Listen, Second 2 Timothy 2.19 The Lord knoweth them that are his. Wow then there must be those that are not his. Notice this, Job 23 and verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You see, God is omniscient. He knows all things. He is omnipotent. He is everywhere at once. Or he is omnipotent. He is all powerful. And he is omnipresent. He is everywhere at once. Listen to some more verses here. Job 14 and 16. For thou numberest my steps, dost thou not watch over my sin? Every step. See these wee babies? Haven't stepped yet. I told you about when Ellie was growing up. And our Ellie wouldn't walk. Alison was getting a bit worried about her. And things were mysteriously moving sometimes in the house. And Stan was there and he caught Ali on whom everybody was had their back turned her in the kitchen. Ali was getting up and walking over and lifting something and walking back again. We missed them, the first steps. We missed them. She was a sneaky wee thing. But here's the thing, God didn't miss them. He's numbered her steps. Step one, keep walking. Step two, you're doing good. Step three, Oh, did you fall? Let me lift you. Let me dust you down. And come to me again. I wonder what steps we're at in our life. wonder what number we're there. Remember, every step in this life is a step to glory. In Jesus' name. Notice this moving quickly. Psalm 56. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thy my tears into thy bottle. Are they not... In thy book. Thou tellest my wanderings. The word here for tell us is the word so fair. And it means to count, you count my wanderings. Every road we take, everywhere we have walked, every little path over scrub lands and fields. The Lord has seen the indents of every life, everywhere my heart has wandered, everywhere my heart has drifted, everything it says, Lord, you have known it. You've been there with me. Where Is he with you now? What path are you taking? Notice this. The word here also means to rehearse, to relate. God could come to me and you and say, do you remember you've done that thing wrong? Get it right. Do you remember you drifted? I was with you there. Every step of the way. Do you remember you were in the the hospital ward and you were worried for your life? I was standing there beside you. He relates to you. I notice this. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. I want to read these couple of verses. Two or three verses. Matthew 10, please. Okay. Let your eye run down first to you. Verse 29. I want you to get this this morning before you leave. To encourage you all week. Read it during the week if you're tried or tempted or anxious or worried or stressful or Whatever. Verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall in the ground without your father. Now stop. Two sparrows are worth a farthing. And one of them, half of that price. He says, not one of them would fall to the ground without your father. Now, I have preached it. And others have preached it, and it's correct in the way we've preached it that this means a sparrow falling to his death under the ground, and that can be used in that context. But the, the the actual context in the Greek New Testament is bigger, and what it means is to come from a high place to a lower place. It can even mean one little bird jumping from a high branch to a low branch, from one little bird jumping from a tree. To a hedge or a fence. Or one little bird jumping from the hedge or the fence to the ground. Or from the curbside to the roadside. One little sparrow. That's the idea that keeps going from high to low. From high to low. Now you think about this and think of the billions. Or the trillions and trillions of little sparrows around the world. Throughout the years and throughout the ages of time. Think about it. And every one of them all day jumping from branch to branch. Jumping from high to low. From the tree to the ground. From the fence to the ground or from wherever to the ground. What it means here is he says not only in death but all of their life. He says from a branch that is high to low. Even God knows about it. Your father knows about that. Now notice this. Keep that in mind. Think of all the little sparrows. Every time you drive up the road and you see a sparrow jumping from a hedge or driving out in front of you in the car, you have to keep braking you, in case you run them over. But you think of that wee sparrow when it's dipping in flight, hide a low, dipping in flight, hide a low, dips again in flight, hide a low. Every single dip of it the Father knows the way it takes. That's the way it means here. He says in verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your Father. Verse 30, But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Would you say all? All. Not one's missed. Now some men are more follically challenged than others. See every hair, brother that's fallen out of your head. God has a number for it. Think about it. That's what this says. I believe the Bible. God has a number for it. I live in a house with three ladies. Now you know what I'm going to say, ladies, don't you? Especially with long hair. See brushes? Or them round curly brushes things? I don't know what you call them, the round brushes. See if you go past, you don't know why it's a brush or a bush sometimes. <laughs> the three of them in the mornings with their hair going. a trailing the herd of each other, you know, with a brush. And the, the, the sink... That's another thing. We don't need plugs in our house. You know I'm gonna get killed when I go home, don't you? <laughs> See every one of those hairs. There's a number on it. God knows it. Everyone. Think of the people here. Think of the people around the world. Think about it. What is there? Near seven, six, seven billion in the world? Think of the hair that's being lost or fallen out. They're being cut. Think about it. And God says, every one of them. He says, I have it numbered. And you think he doesn't know about you. Notice this. Verse 31. Fear ye not therefore. Don't be afraid. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. The little sparrow I know that even jumps from branch to branch, who sings my praise at the morning light. There's a connection, brothers and sisters. Keep singing his praise. For you're worth more value than many sparrows that sing in cheap in the morning who are glad of another day to worship his glory. And redeemed souls run about going, uh, what a life. This is wick. Yeah. I used the word wick down in Dublin when I passed it there and they didn't know what it was. How they explained explain to them? I take it we all know what wick is because we're here at home that's what happens What? I'm no good I'll never be accepted do you still love me Lord will you still receive me Jesus he says what brothers and sisters is that not an insult to the death of Christ is that not an insult to what he has done to buy us with his precious blood To say, what, you give your life for me? What, you shed your most precious blood for me? What, you went to the tomb for me? What, you ascended the glory, risen from the dead for me? And you're my great high priest interceding on my behalf. What, for me? And then we say, but do you still love me? Imagine pouring your love on someone and them every now and again saying, you don't let me know you love me. You're worth value of more or many sparrows. I will do one more week because it'll take too long. And here's the thing: we're going to change it next Sunday morning because we have what that de- isn't next Sunday morning dedication. Me, Judith Judah, David's going to be dedicated. You know, I like to try and write something around the name for the parents to take it home if I can. The only thing is, if we get children with the same name, if I preach the same sermon on that name, I have to do different ones every time. And if I, if I was to preach the same one, that would save me a lot of sermons. There's that many babies being born in the church. But the week after, we'll do it again as humanity. You see him as God, he knows all about it. He knows everything about us. But as a man, he understands. It's empathy. He has walked in our shoes. He took on the, the seat of Abraham. So, we'll look at it. And we'll look at him. One of the points will be in the Garden of Gethsemane. And being in an agony. See the word agony? It'll blow your mind. Ah, we know what agony is, do we? <laughs> and being in an agony. Prayed more earnestly. Go home this morning. Understanding he calls you to his presence to pray. To sing. To praise. To worship. He wants you to rise up in his name. He wants you to do well. He loves you. Knows all about you. Knows where you are. And he's with you every step of the way. God bless his word to all of our hearts this morning. And it's good to be back, bringing God's word to God's people. The Lord's welcome. This evening we will continue on as well. We'll see how the Lord leads us. But God bless blesses all. Is it warm in here? Or is it just me? I thought.